DDoS, the next generation solution. What are some of the core emerging hybrid elements? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. It's my pleasure to be discussing DDoS today with Bryant Rump, Senior Solutions Engineer with Newstar. Brian, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I am well, thanks, and I'm happy to have this opportunity to speak with you today. Brian, to start out with, why don't you tell us just a bit about yourself and your expertise, please? Sure. Well, I really spent the beginning years of my career as a government contractor for companies like Booz Allen, EDS, you know, performing work on various federal contracts, intelligence agencies, and defense contractors, etc. But I really spent the majority of my career at Tier 1 ISPs, supporting MPLS VPNs, managed firewalls, and other WAN solutions. For the past four years, it's uh, really been tightly focused on um, DDoS mitigation solutions. Brian, 2013 put us all on notice that we're at risk of DDoS attacks as nuisance and as precursors to fraud. What are some of the types of solutions that have developed, one, as hardware, and two, in the cloud? So lots of companies have perimeter security deployed, and DDoS attacks sort of uniquely take advantage of the bottlenecks that these traditional perimeter security devices create. You know, traditional security devices like firewalls, IDS, IPS tend to be session aware, especially stateful inspection uh, devices. It's easy to fill up the session tables and basically create a bottleneck uh, simply by that security device. We've seen in the past couple years the introduction to the market of those traditional security devices, firewalls and IPS with add-on DDoS mitigation capabilities. And that's marginally helpful. But what has been much more helpful towards the purpose of mitigating DDoS attacks has been the emergence of purpose-built DDoS mitigation appliances like Arbor, Carrero, and Radware. There's an even newer breed of DDoS mitigation appliance that allows that local hardware device to communicate upstream with cloud-based DDoS mitigation gear and communicate its state and its availability to those upstream devices. And so that's been especially helpful. Also, you know, to basically be able to address all the different risk profiles and threat profiles out there and to address the growing bandwidth being used in DDoS attacks, there has certainly been a large explosion in cloud-based DDoS mitigation services. And there's a number of different flavors there from on-demand service where it's only activated during a DDoS attack to an always-on type service where the traffic is constantly being routed through the DDoS mitigation platform and that platform is always sitting in the middle of legitimate traffic even during, you know, sunny day circumstances. We've also seen DDoS mitigation being used as an add-on to CDN services or application acceleration services. Up front, I talked about the emerging hybrid solution. What can you tell us about that, please? Well, I'd say the emerging hybrid solution neatly fits into, you know, the traditional security in-depth, tried-and-true paradigm in security. It's already being embraced by the most frequently targeted vertical and DDoS attacks, the financial institutions. So I talked to a lot of different financial institutions from the largest four or five banks to brokerage houses to, you know, mom and pop credit unions. And one thing that is clear that the, the larger ones have certainly embraced is the hybrid approach where you can mitigate application layer attacks or small volumetric, you know, fill up the pipe style attacks locally. 
to really enhance the control, avoid latency, and avoid the hassle of redirecting uh, when possible. And you only redirect to a cloud-based DDoS mitigation platform when the attack becomes either too large or too complex to handle locally. That allows those banks and any other really vertical or you know market that's really concerned about the privacy of their information to mitigate a lot of attacks locally and especially do deep packet inspection for application layer attacks locally. They don't have to give out their encryption keys to a third party if they have that local appliance. So this type of solution may only fit some risk profiles, but it's definitely a great solution for higher risk type companies in those verticals. Brian, give us a bit of context here, please. How should DDoS solutions differ to meet the needs of different sized organizations and their unique threat profiles? Sure. So it's really, it's not one size fits all. I really vary what I recommend. Obviously, according to the customer I'm talking to, you can't just have one standard solution you go to market with. It's got to shift with, you know, the attack history, the customer you're talking to, uh, what size company they are, what vertical they're in. That all plays into really their threat profile and what the risk is and, and also what risk they realize that they have. If they have a history of being attacked, they're more willing to proactively prepare and you know, perhaps have already assigned the budget to the solution, whereas some companies uh, you know, think they're in the clear because they haven't been attacked yet. And it may be harder for their IT department uh, or their security group to get the budget to really be able to proactively set up a solution. But we're able to really address you know, both the low risk and the high risk type uh, customers by either offering an on-demand cloud-based type solution or an on-premise solution or a combination of the two. And if I could ask a sort of a follow-up question, please, what are the key benefits that an organization should look for in an appropriate DDoS solution? So that's a really good question because it's certainly a growing marketplace, the DDoS mitigation space. It's being offered as an add-on for a, a lot of companies, and you have to look at the focus of the company. Are right, so it a stable organization? Do they have a history in the DDoS mitigation space? Have they been afraid to grow and fund their platform? Are their personnel experienced? Where do they draw their personnel from? How many years of experience do their personnel have? Are those personnel available to you as a customer if you signed up with them? Are you able to speak to knowledgeable personnel? Or are you stuck you know, talking uh, you know, to their generic support department? Those are really important things. Also, the ability to provide visibility into actual DDoS attacks when they happen and the quality of postmortem type incident reporting that they provide. For organizations that have not yet suffered DDoS attacks, what's your advice on how they should prepare? Sure. Well, it's certainly important to have a plan, at least have an on-demand option pre-configured. The worst circumstance to be in is being either under attack or under immediate threat of attack. You, maybe you get some advanced warning that you're about to be attacked and you're scrambling to find the right provider and you're left in a very bad uh, negotiating place if you have to find a, a DS mitigation provider at the last minute. So you want to know where all your most at-risk resources are and at least make sure you have those protected. Lots of times customers will have resources that are both at a main data center and they may have some small microsites sitting out in the cloud, different places, and there's some DDoS mitigation solutions that will cover 
know, both the resources sitting in their in main data centers at small branch offices, as well as some resources sitting out maybe in a scalable cloud-based environment. And the flip side, of course, for organizations that have been DDoS victims, what are the lessons that they should have learned and already applied? Sure. So when you're just preparing proactively and you've never experienced a DDoS attack, you know, obviously a less expensive solution looks very uh, attractive. And especially if it's from a known vendor, uh, you're going to believe the promises they make. Once you've had a chance to see that actual DDoS mitigation provider perform under attack, and you've seen that either they do a really good job or perhaps they end up dropping a lot of your legitimate traffic. They don't provide you very timely updates to what's going on. They don't provide a very good uh, post-incident analysis. Those are types of things that you'll learn. Also, uh, you obviously are going to be aware of resources maybe you didn't even know that you had. So take stock of where all your resources are sitting uh, that could potentially be the target of an attack and make sure the type of DDoS mitigation provider you select is able to protect resources scattered across multiple data centers, multiple branch offices, and different cloud-based resources or CDNs. Final question for you. We're in the new year. As we look into 2014, what are the DDoS trends that you're tracking that are most interested in? Sure. So one thing that, you know, we kind of predicted at at Newstar ahead of time, I think actually one of our product managers blogged on it, was the possible use of enterprise class servers in data centers as members of botnets. I think Symantec came out with a statistic that about 17% of all uh, computers connected to the Internet were essentially botnet bait or potential targets of malware, either by opening an email attachment or going to a rogue website and executing some malicious JavaScript. But, you know, by the same token, servers and data centers can be compromised using content management software, and we saw that, you know, with the Alcazam attacks on the financial industry where actual enterprise class servers and big data centers were compromised. So it took, it was about, 10,000 members of a botnet as opposed to hundreds of thousands were able to inflict hundreds of gigabits per second of attacks on targets. And so by leveraging these computers with a lot more processing power, multiprocessor, multi-core, sitting behind tens of gigs of bandwidth, they're able to launch uh, larger attacks with much fewer members of the botnets. So we expect basically the blueprint for that type of attack is now out there. We expect that to continue and other organizations to replicate those tactics We've seen a reemergence of DNS reflection attacks, basically spoofing the IP address of someone requesting DNS information and then having the actual target to spoof the IP address be flooded with the DNS response. But what we've seen in the past month or so is really use of the network timing protocol being used in application attacks where essentially NTP servers running an old version of NTP are vulnerable to certain commands being issued to them from a spoofed IP address, and the response is amplified or much larger than the request. And so that's the new version of a DNS reflection attack that uses NTP to do something similar. And we've seen that on a number of our customers recently. Well, very good. Brian, thank you so much for taking time to share your insight with us today. Sure. Thank you, Tom. The topic has been DDoS, the next generation solution. I've been speaking with Bryant Rump, Senior Solutions Engineer with Newstar. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.